0: I don't know about you, but I've definitely been seeing more electric cars on the road lately. And electric vehicles are advertised all over the place on Instagram, on TV. So, when I punch it, do I just floor it?
1: That's all you gotta do. Three, two, one, let's go.
0: That's a commercial for a truck made by Rivian, a new company backed by Amazon and Ford. And even rental car companies are getting in on the act. Hertz keeps you ahead of the game. Introducing our all-new electric vehicles. Let's go. It seems like more and more people are considering electric vehicles. So today on FAQ City, we're talking all about them. How much do they cost? How far can you get on a charge? Answers to those questions and more just ahead. Hey, it's Claire Donnelly. And today I'm here with WFAE's climate reporter, David Borax. Hey, David. Hey, Claire. Okay, so first I have to ask, do you drive an
1: electric vehicle? Actually, I don't. I know, I know, I'm the climate reporter and I still drive a gas guzzler.
0: Oh, <laughs> what What kind of car?
1: Well, it's a Honda Fit, and in my own defense here, it does get 40 miles to the gallon.
0: Okay, well, that's pretty good. So have you been thinking about switching to an electric vehicle?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking it's time to go electric, and I'm not the only one who's doing that. A recent Pew Research survey found that about four in 10 Americans say they're very likely or somewhat likely to seriously consider buying an electric car or truck next time they're in the market.
0: Okay. Um, So we've all heard about Tesla, obviously really big in the electric car market. But what are the different options that Tesla has?
1: Well, you know, Claire, Tesla isn't the only game in town anymore. And yes, they did help popularize EVs after introducing that first sports car in 2008 and the less expensive Model 3 in 2017. And they're still the biggest selling brand in the U.S. by far. You know, something like 80% of all new EVs registered in the U.S. last year were Teslas. The high-end Model Y and the entry-level Model 3 are the best sellers in the U.S. They also have the X and the S, and they're coming out with a truck next year.
0: And just to be clear today, we should say we're talking strictly about plug-in electric vehicles, not hybrids, right? Right.
1: Yeah, or EVs for short. Most of the big automakers have them, and right now there are about 50 different EV models for sale in the U.S. That's expected to grow to 150 by 2025.
0: Wow. Um, And so besides the Teslas, what else is there?
1: The Chevy Bolt is the third most popular in the U.S. That's based on sales so far this year, according to Car and Driver. And Ford has gotten into EVs in a big way. Its Mustang Mach-E won a lot of awards last year, and it's currently the fourth best-selling EV in the U.S. The high-end Mach-E is one of the first to challenge Tesla's dominance when it comes to range. It can go 300 miles on a charge. Ford also plans to deliver an electric F-150 pickup next year.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing about the electric uh, pickup trucks.
1: It's really caused a big storm in the EV world. So, mm. And then you have another longtime competitor, the Nissan Leaf, which has been on the market for about 10 years. Other Asian and European automakers also have competitive EVs. You know, It's a long list. Hyundai, Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, Volvo, BMW, and Kia. All the traditional automakers, if they don't already, ha- don't already have one, they're working on EVs right now.
0: There are a lot of new electric car companies popping up too, right?
1: That's right. Here in the U.S. and in Asia, including China and India, most of these companies are taking a page out of Tesla's book and launching as startups with new brands and new concepts. Rivian has a cool-looking truck coming out. They actually call it an adventure vehicle. There's a super-luxury EV brand called Lucid, and there are foreign players like Polestar from Sweden. These companies aren't just borrowing Tesla's ideas. They've hired away Tesla talent, too.
0: Adventure vehicle, I really like that uh, <laughs> wow, so there 's a lot of choices when it comes to picking a brand of e v
1: yeah, and so if you are brand loyal i 'd say start with your favorite, take a look at what they have uh, if they have one. you know, like I said before i have i 've been a Honda driver for decades. They actually stopped making their clarity E v because of poor sales and they 're now designing a new one so at the moment they 're on the sidelines, it looks like they 'll have something on the market in a couple of years. So I'm looking at this as an opportunity to expand my horizons. Uh, It's a great time to look at something completely different.
0: Nice, yeah. All right, now for the $100,000 question, David. Can I afford one of these? How much do EVs cost?
1: Well, how's your paycheck, clear? <laughs> you might have to be ready for a bit of sticker shock here, um, you know, but you shouldn't have to spend a hundred grand unless you really want to. Prices have been coming down, but unless you're already driving a luxury car, you probably will pay more for an electric right now than you're used to. But remember, you won't be paying for all that gasoline, and there's a lot less maintenance to an electric vehicle, f- fewer moving parts, they say. And your total cost over the life of your car would be lower than with a gas-powered car.
0: That makes sense. Um, OK, but for example, how much does a Tesla cost?
1: In general, Teslas range from about just over $40,000 to about $100,000. But you'll pay extra once you start adding on bigger batteries and all kinds of fancy accessories. So Tesla is actually raising prices right now as well. They announced a couple of weeks ago that the two best-selling EVs, the Model Y and the Model 3, are going up by $2,000 apiece.
0: Wow. OK, and what about other brands of EVs?
1: Well, Mini has a model that starts at $30,000, the Nissan Leaf starts at about 32000 and Hyundai has a model for about $35,000. In general, the lower the price, the shorter the range.
0: Got it. Well, uh, most of those prices are still a lot more than some people, like myself, would be willing to pay for a car. Do we know at what point the costs will come down?
1: It's a good question. I mean, prices are continuing to come down. You know, think about the first Tesla in 2008. It was $100,000. That's $125,000 in today's dollars. Now you can get an EV for about a quarter of that price. The big question is when the initial cost of an EV will be about the same as a gas powered one. I think that's what you're getting at here. And it's hard to say exactly, especially if demand stays high and supply chain issues remain but experts say it's coming. Uh, Daniel Sperling runs the Institute of Transportation Studies at the University of California at Davis, and he talked about prices on a recent WFAE Charlotte talks.
0: It's gonna be better than gasoline because the batteries are going to be continuing to come down in cost. There's all kinds of innovation. There's been like an 85, 90% reduction in cost in the last decade, and all forecasts are that it's gonna continue going down.
1: So I don't have a date for you, but all signs are pointing to lower prices ahead. Think about how computers or mobile phones came down in price. Just like those industries, the manufacturers in this one know that they need to get there.
0: That makes sense. Um, And aren't there rebates or other incentives to buy electric?
1: Yes, there are. There is a federal tax credit of up to $7,500 for buying an electric vehicle. There's also a federal tax credit of up to $1,000 for installing a charging station. And if you live in another part of the country besides the southeast, uh, the incentives don't stop there. Uh, Local governments and utilities offer them, but here in the southeast, no state offers any tax credit or financial incentives for buying EVs, and incentives from utilities or local governments are scarce too.
0: Okay, so now we have a rough idea of how much an electric vehicle will cost, but... Are they worth it? We'll be right back answering more questions with WFAE climate reporter David Borax after this quick break. Great news, podcast fans! After last year's successful event, the Charlotte Podcast Festival pop-up is back from November 30th to December 4th. This pop-up is free and open to the public, featuring panel discussions on things like how to record, edit, host, and market podcasts, plus much more. A complete schedule and list of festival speakers will be announced soon. Head to charlottepodcastfestival.com for more information. The Charlotte Podcast Festival pop-up is sponsored by Ortho Carolina. It's a partnership between WFAE and Blumenthal Performing Arts. Additional support comes from Queen City Podcast Network and Eclux Creative Agency. Okay, we're back. Today, we're talking with WFAE climate reporter David Borax about electric vehicles. So, David, we were talking about cost. I bought my current car used to try to save some money. Are there used electric cars?
1: Absolutely, but it's just like with all used cars right now. You may have to hunt around, and prices are up. So it looks like prices for used models don't seem to fall as quickly as some gas-powered vehicles. I was just looking up used Teslas, and I couldn't find anything under $30,000. Even the lowest-priced ones are 7 or 8 years old but you can find a four-year-old used Chevy Bolt for about $22,000. The older cars don't have the range of newer ones, but this could be a way to get into electric.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up range. That's something we hear a lot about with electric vehicles. So with the newest models, how far
1: can you get on a charge? There's a lot of difference, kind of like the difference in the size of a gas tank in a gas-powered car. On the low end, that Mini I just mentioned gets about 110 miles on a charge. Other lower-cost models can get up to 200 miles. I'd say most cars on the market right now are in the 200s, and 300 miles seems to be the gold standard.
0: And are there cars that get more than that?
1: Yeah, the luxury Tesla S and the Lucid Air both get over 400 miles, but that's when we start getting up into that $90,000 to $100,000-plus category. Lucid actually brags that its priciest model tops 500 miles. It's interesting, Claire. Sales of the Model S are way down this year, according to Car and Driver. It seems like people are weighing range versus price and asking, is the extra range worth it? Is it worth it? It's really interesting. Many of the EV owners I've talked to say when you buy an EV, it changes the way you think about cars and travel. You know, you might worry that your big road trip to the beach will be a hassle and that you'll have to stop and charge your car. It'll take 20, 30 minutes extra. Is that your food and restroom break, though? You know, if you have a typical commute or a trip to the grocery store, none of that matters. I talked to Stan Cross with the Southern Alliance for Clean Energy, who specializes in electric cars. What's really interesting is that once you own an EV, there is no such thing as range anxiety. It's a, it's a perception more than a reality. When you have the EV, you understand how it operates. You don't experience range anxiety. In fact, you experience incredible convenience being able to come home every night and plug in your EV. Experts say the average EV owner drives only about 30 miles a day, so charging isn't really a daily concern. And the vast majority of EV charging happens at home. Of course, if you live in an apartment or you don't have a driveway or a garage, charging becomes an issue. I'll be talking more about that in our next FAQ City.
0: Yeah, and we've heard it can be really hard to buy a car right now because of pandemic-related supply chain problems. Does that also apply to
1: all electric cars? A great question, and the short answer is yes. The global shortage of computer chips seems to be a culprit, and steel as well, and rising demand is playing a role. Again, let's start with Teslas. If you order an entry-level Tesla Model 3 right now, it could take well into 2022 for delivery, maybe 10 months. But experts say if you spring for a fancier model, it could come sooner.
0: Wow, and what about other car makers?
1: It's a similar story. If you want that Ford Mustang Mach-E we were talking about, you might have to wait six months. In general, the more popular the car, the longer the wait. I think long term, the answer to that question will be how quickly automakers decide to shift their production uh, to EVs instead of gas engine cars.
0: Are there any extra taxes on electric vehicles?
1: Yeah, many states have passed laws charging an extra annual fee for electric vehicles. That's to make up for the loss of road use taxes charged at the gas pump. That money goes toward maintaining roads. In North Carolina, it's $130 a year for any plug-in electric vehicle.
0: Okay, so obviously if you're driving an all-electric vehicle and you're out somewhere, you may want to park your car and charge it. We've seen those charging stations, you know, at different public places. Are those battery chargers free to use?
1: I hear that question a lot, and it's a good one. If you don't drive an EV, you wouldn't know the answer, right? The answer is yes and no. Some chargers are free, supported by the business, government, or organization where you find them. When Tesla built its first charger network about nine years ago, the cost of charging was built into your purchase price of the car. But since then, they've started charging, either by the amount of electricity or the time it takes to charge.
0: Interesting, so does that mean all chargers might eventually cost
1: money? I think we'll always have a mix of free and paid. You know, employers and some businesses will offer charging as a perk. But ultimately, it's probably going to be the private sector that builds out our charging network, whether it's gas stations and convenience stores, electric utilities, or the car makers themselves. Stephanie Brindley, an automotive analyst with IHS Market, says companies may sell advertising on the charger, collect money for the electricity, or charge property owners for putting in the EV charger. There's a whole mix of solutions, and we don't have a, a, the right one yet. But that's going to be part of the, the issue as well. As soon as, auto, as companies, just any company, realizes they can be profitable in selling electricity for an electric
0: vehicle, we're going to see a little bit more infrastructure happen. That's every bit as important as a government support.
1: And speaking of government support, the infrastructure bill that passed Congress the other day has $7.5 billion for charging stations nationwide, plus a competitive grant program with another $2.5 billion. North Carolina stands to get $190 million for charging stations out of that bill.
0: Interesting. Well, we've covered a lot here, but it's such a huge topic. You might even say electrifying. <laughs> we'll get into more detail in our next episode. David, what else will we be talking about in that episode?
1: Yeah, you're right. There's lots more, Claire. Like, What do you say if your friend challenges your decision to go electric? What about hydrogen power cars? And what about insurance?
0: Yeah, all great questions. Looking forward to hearing those answers. Thanks so much, David.
1: You're welcome, Claire.
0: That's WFAE climate reporter David Borax. And if you have any questions about electric vehicles or anything related to the environment or climate change, send it to us. You can enter it into the submission box at wfae.org slash FAQcity. And we just might get David to come back and answer it for us on an upcoming episode. Until next time, I'm Claire Donnelly.